Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Some of you are like Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net. You don't follow the news. You don't follow TV. I haven't had cable since like 2010 or something. It's been a long time. And so some of you are like, Leister in this regard. Regardless of whether you are like me or you think I'm nuts, I want to welcome you to the show, especially if you're new and if you're back and new and you, you know, and you're watching from a distance and you're just curious, you know, what I have to say about it. I appreciate your thoughts. If you're not new, welcome back. And you're going to hear some things that are common that come out of, from what I saw anyway, some things that you've heard me say before. You're going to hear me repeat some things, and I apologize. The reason I think it's important is because I want to reinforce the reason that I do the coverage I do. And just to restate why I do the show, I do the show because I enjoy talking cryptocurrency. I don't do cryptocurrency to try to get rich because I've learned, having been in it for a while, that's like a pipe dream. You're, you're gambling in a sense. And some people will win it big, and I don't discourage their right to be gamblers. I only have said, just admit you're a gambler, and that's what you're doing because that's what it was. Well, if you haven't been following the news, there was some big news happened very recently, and it caused some run-ups. We're going to talk about the numbers first, then I'm going to talk about the big news. I'm using Coindesk.com if you want to follow along, and I zoom out to the month chart, and this is important for another reason I'll get to here later, but zooming out to the month chart, significant amounts of green, a significant run-up specifically on Bitcoin. Bitcoin had a bottom of 30 grand. It went up to just shy of 32 grand, a major run. Ethereum also went on a major run. It cracked the $2,000 mark for the law for the first time in a very long time. Its bottom was about 1850 and then went up to just shy of 2100. That's a significant run up in volume flowing back in. And then the total market cap, I'm talking all of cryptocurrency. There was money that actually flowed back into cryptocurrency overall. So we had gone down to like one point, you know, 1.12 or something trillion dollars in all cryptocurrency. This recent uh, transaction that took place caused a spike, but it also caused money to flow back into cryptocurrency. Then it caused a bit of a bullish sentiment on the sides of some of the meme tokens. We're now floating about a 
1.27 trillion market cap. That's a lot of money that flowed back into cryptocurrency. It's still not new money. And I want to emphasize this before I get to the big news, but just to be clear here, it's still shy of where we could be, right? Because if you think about the debt load on the United States, we're talking what, 50 trillion, 60 trillion, some crazy ass number. So us having just 1.2 trillion in market cap across all cryptocurrency, we had peaked at about 1.3 some time ago, and we're just now creeping back up to 1.27. It's certainly progress, but it's nowhere near what it used to be because, or what it could be arguably. And the volume numbers are great, you know, just shy of 400 billion dollars United States. And that's good. But again, if we talk about where we could be, it's still a fraction of where we could and should be. And part of this, I said, is we need to entice new money, more new money into cryptocurrency. We have simply robbed Peter to pay Paul. It's the same people shuffling money around. Some people took some of their cash and they went to the stock market. Some people are shuffling money amongst projects. Some are just chasing green candles on the crap that's out there. We still don't have good, significant new money. When I say that, I'm looking at the total market cap and I want to see a number that's greater than $2 trillion. That seems like a lot of money. It's not when you think of the big picture overall of GDP and everything else. It's a fraction of that even. But that would show true momentum of new money flowing into cryptocurrency because we've hit a capacity point, meaning that the run-up hits a glass ceiling and we're not able to break that glass ceiling. And that's where we kind of are. We got positive and that's good, but there's more that could be done. And that's kind of the problem that I see has always held things back in cryptocurrency is a lack of new money flowing into things. So what caused this most recent pump? If you already know good, if you don't know, that's what this is for. Just to share, there's no transitions because it's not needed. I wanted to focus this episode on what happened. What's been going on for a very long time, a very long time, the SEC was going after Ripple, who has the XRP token, has gone after them, and this has been ongoing, going and going and going and going and going about it's a security, and so they were going after them, and this has caused somewhat of a bearish sentiment overall. Most people speculated that the decision of this whatever outcome was going to shift sentiment, positive or negative. If we got to a point where we could get some sort of a win, where we could say on the books that this is not a security, it means two things. One, it's just a win, right? Of we beat the SEC, we beat Gary Gensler. But more importantly, when you look at the reasons that the case was brought in the beginning and you compare that to other types of coins and tokens out there that do the same thing, it creates what? Case precedence. Case precedence gives an argument, gives justification, gives a rebuttal allows them to fight the cases with stronger argument because now you set a precedent that over here you said legally this is not a security so it's going to be hard on this side to now justify that these other ones are securities i'm talking the solanas of the world right that just got cut off of some of these major exchanges because the sec gary gensler comes out and says that's security this whole ripple case i'm pretty sure it's like three years going on this business a lot of money wasted, and I'm talking taxpayer money when I say this, a lot of money wasted fighting something that was arguably going to be a losing battle. A judge comes out after this, and they ruled. This case is concluded. We're, this is not a security. We're granting the defendant's motion. We're, this is not a security. 
let's let's move on here. Let's move on. Immediately, XRP started skyrocketing because of the decision, but also Coinbase announced right after, okay, we're going to resume trading on XRP. The whole big controversy was when Coinbase pulled out of it, when this whole case was still going on, it was dragging on. Coinbase yanked trading on XRP. Some people were left, quote, wrecked by that decision. Other exchanges did the same thing. We now are seeing some of these exchanges come back on board. Obviously, some of the other ones like your FTXs and others of the world, they're long since gone. So we've already had some collateral damage as a result of this. But when Coinbase does its announcement, some of these other ones do their announcements saying, yes, we're trying to get back to what we had before with XRP caused a, what, bullish sentiment. People are now seeing this is a win. It's a win, but it also is confidence in what's going to happen in the future for other cryptocurrencies that may be in a similar situation. Now, Coinbase did caveat what they said by saying, this is not guaranteeing it's going to be available to everybody. It's going to be available where we see it makes sense. So it still may be, quote, banned or restricted in certain regions that they're covering. So this may even be at the state level because Coinbase has these weird things on certain United States where certain states, they're not going to allow certain trades. Same with Robinhood. So just FYI, this doesn't necessarily mean it's wide open for everybody. It's possible you might log into your account and see that it's actually still restricted. That's because they did not open it for everybody. They just said that their process of opening it up for those regions and locations where they see it's not going to be a risk. So we're not completely out of the woods, but it did cause a bit of a bullish run sentiment. So now... Where does this lead the SEC? Because the SEC put themselves out there. They basically let the pants down, jar bassing off the side, right? The SEC came out and they basically said, you know what? We were pleased with the outcome that we got. You're like, what? They said they were pleased that they were found. And here's what, here's the, the trick here. <laughs> what they were pleased about is a statement that was made. It's a Pyrrhic victory. Quote, we're pleased that the court found that XRP tokens were offered and sold by Ripple as investment contracts in violation of the securities laws in certain circumstances. Quote, the argument here, right, was that the government, this securities, we govern everything that has to do with this, and we use the Howey test to apply this standard to determine whether it's a security or not. The Howey test is what drove us going to this approach. Quote, unfortunately, the court rejected their test as to what constitutes an investment contract. So let me translate what SEC is countering. They're, they're kind of being smarmy about it. What they're saying is that we feel that this, the black letter of the case, what they said is that Ripple's counter argument as to why it's not a security was rejected by the courts, which it was if you read the black text saying that their argument of this is why we are an investment runs contrary to the SEC's interpretation of same. And ultimately, they're taking that to mean the court never said that these are true investment contracts that are in compliance with the law. In fact, they said the opposite. They said that their argument is not sound. Now, the flip, of course, is that they also did not, they basically didn't let anybody really win, but it gave a win to XRP because they said SEC's argument that it's how we test and it's a security was rejected, but they also didn't accept Ripple's description of why it's not a security either. They, pretty much the judge had no balls. The judge did not agree with either side really. And by not agreeing with either side, but more substantively, 
saying that XRPs, or excuse me, SECs, translation of what is a security doesn't hold water was more of a win on the cryptocurrency side than it was to just have, you know, XRP's argument accepted. XRP's argument didn't need to be accepted. SEC had the burden of proof. That's where I'm going with it. Because SEC was the one who made the initial claim. SEC is the one who brought the case. The defendant doesn't have to prove innocence in anything. They don't have to prove anything other than what SEC is saying is not true. The judge agreed with that sentiment. So it's a win for cryptocurrency simply by virtue of the fact that it denounced what SEC said. The SEC saying, well, we're happy that they acknowledged that XRP's argument about being an investment contract and thus safe from this was crap. We're happy with that. You know why? Because they're going to try to use that in different cases. They're still in a case embroiled in case with Coinbase. They're going to use those black letters and try to make a justification. Well, look, over here, the judge said, no, you can't, you can't, you're not the one who says that it is or isn't. We're the ones that do. We just have to shore up what's going on here. Quote, the court rejected XRP Ripple's fair notice argument, noting that the Howey test is clear and that claiming ignorance is not a defense to violating securities laws. So again, it's a pyrrhic victory. What they're saying is that Ripple said fair notice argument. This goes to the whole immediate action taken by SEC without fair notice about what they're doing or why or giving any sort of prep time. And that was one of the defenses that was presented. What the SEC saying is, no, the court said that's crap. The court also said the Howey test is clear. The court said you can't say we didn't know. So what SEC is doing is they're saying this gave us some black letter decisions that we can use in other cases to strengthen our argument about what is and isn't a security down the road because we now have things in writing of how he test is clear, you can't see, you didn't know, etc. So if somebody else brings a case, if somebody else is subject to a case being brought, rather, it's going to be harder for them to defend against it if they try to use those. It limits how many arguments they can make in defense of their own cover. So SEC just needs to take a different aggressive approach now that they know the Howey test has been somewhat validated by this judge. What SEC's got to worry about, though, is despite the fact that the judge said Howey test is clear, what this case outcome is saying is that the Howey test can't be used for your reasoning as to why these are securities. You no longer can hang your hat on that, which means you have to create specific cryptocurrency regulations that are more clear. That's what the judge was trying to get at. There's not any clarity your Howey test is clear about certain about what it is, but you cannot apply it specifically to say that these are securities. So you need to create a standard. If you're going to do that, you need to create a standard for cryptocurrencies that clearly defines things as a security. If you're going to amend the Howey test to apply in that situation, here are the things you need to shore up. SEC saying, okay, we got something here. We got some sort of outcome here. It's, it's a pyrrhic victory. Will they do anything with it? Maybe, but it's intriguing. And the industry, cryptocurrency, took it as positive news, rightfully so, because it means there was a win. Even though it wasn't really the win that they wanted, the full win they wanted, which is ultimately SEC, you don't have oversight over cryptocurrency at all because nothing in your rules say that you do. That's what they really wanted. You can't prove or say anything because you haven't dictated anything because there's nothing that says that it is or isn't. They didn't get that. Does it matter for right now? No. And hopefully people out there took profits because you heard me on the last episode. I know you did. 
And if you're new, go back in my archives and go back to the Tuesday episode where I talked about profit-taking. This is a great opportunity for why you should take profits. As part of this whole then, the entire industry started to go on a run. Ethereum went on a run. Bitcoin went on a run. Other tokens went on a run because of sentiment. It was bigger sentiment. The case gave some confidence that there is something here where it's worth getting back into it, even if it's just for a temporary while. Do I think that we're going to get Bitcoin back to 60 grand? Not in the short term. I don't. I do think we'll get high near somewhere the end of the year or possibly 2024. This I do see potentially happening. But as it stands right now, this is something where, in, in my opinion, personal opinion, you should take it for what it is. As it stands, this is an opportunity to make some profit. And I think that you should buy to take your profits. Do not put yourself in a spot where you're going to be, quote, wrecked because you hung out and did not take the profits like you should. What you choose to do with your money is what you choose to do. And I'm not telling you what to do with the money. I am saying that it's important that you take profit opportunities when they're presented. And I can't think of a better opportunity to take profits than now because everything is up major big, but there's no guarantee it's going to last. So if you have the chance to take some profits, please make sure you do. I mean, geez, if you look at Bitcoin alone, Bitcoin alone went on a major, this is a major run given where we were over the past year. It's a major amount of money that flowed in. Something like Maker, which is another coin, major amounts of money flowed back into that one. Ethereum had a bit of a run. Phantom had a bit of a run. There's crazy profit opportunities, and I sincerely hope people are taking advantage of it because it's going to go back down. And the reason is not because of a sentiment situation. It's simply because as people are taking profits, you're going to see some of this taper off. It's going to happen. It's guaranteed. That will give you buy opportunities at some point down the road. And you should take these opportunities now. This is a key point to be able to do this. Notice, I didn't call out any specific project, cryptocurrency, or otherwise, because it's up to you what makes sense for you. I'm saying that across the board, we saw significant profit opportunities, especially something like Stellar XLM. It went on a major run. You can choose what makes sense for you, but hopefully you're seeing in sentiment and how it plays a factor in where prices go for cryptocurrencies and why timing is critical and making sure you believe in certain projects so that you build up a diverse portfolio and compound those gains. But most critically important that you're always positioned to take profits, not just sit and hold on them because you can't guarantee how long this is going to last. It wasn't, it's a significant amount of money given where we were over the last year, but it's still not a major significance to the point that we're going to see a sustained run. I do think it's going to taper off over the next couple of days. There's only so much that we can run without new money flowing back into the business. And I don't see that we're anywhere close to the level of confidence that we might've been a year and a half ago. I am saying, and I'll repeat it again. If you have the opportunity to take profits, please make sure you're taking profits. You deserve to get profits off of what's happening here. And don't miss out, right? Don't miss out on the opportunity to get some money recouped, especially if you're at a loss on certain projects. The last thing I'll call out, the one project that most people did not expect to have significant run-up, but seemed to have a significant run-up for bizarre reasons was Pepe. Pepe, the main Pepe, seemed to have a significant run-up despite people thinking it hit a glass ceiling. Yet SHIB actually went down ever slightly 
despite having the announcement about Shibarium happening here soon. And SHIB, of course, is partnered with Ethereum in terms of the liquidity. SHIB was expected to start dropping zeros when there's a bull run. SHIB is still poised to drop some zeros over time. SHIB has the problem of saturation. There's so many holders in SHIB, it doesn't really do anything at this point. There was focus given to Bone that hurt its attention. And then you get all these other meme coins that pop up out of nowhere that do essentially the same thing. And that took away attention from where SHIB arguably could and should be by now. The reason I call that is because some of you may be in SHIB and you may be curious, is that going to ever go to hell anywhere? And I am saying to you that at some point it'll go somewhere, but it has a lot of competition. And without new money flowing into cryptocurrency, I don't see it's going to go significantly far. It will go somewhere, but it's not in the short term. If you're looking for short-term profits, SHIB's not where it's at. Where I see short-term profit opportunities is where it's always been that I've said the core coins can never steer you wrong. Each and every one of them are benefiting from this that we're currently seeing with the exception of Arbitrum, like example. Uh, EOS as an example. Uh, Quant, which is a reasonably newer one as an example. Uh, ICP, Internet Computer, isn't benefiting like you might think. Uh, but everything else is significantly benefiting from what we're seeing recently. That's why I say and have said multiple times, the core coins can never steer you wrong. And you can have strong compound opportunities if you build a diverse portfolio as part of your investment strategy and then look for opportunities like this where you can take those profits. And I've talked about Stellar XLM on multiple occasions as one of the ones that I've been bullish on multiple times. It's not going to make you a millionaire. Many of them are not. But every opportunity to make money is a good opportunity to make money. Don't overlook those no matter what. I, In my opinion, however you agree or disagree, I think we're long past the world, unless you're a gambler, I think we're long past the world where a single token can just turn you to a millionaire overnight. Do, do, do. If you're the gambler and you want to wait for those opportunities, by all means, I'm saying personal opinion, I don't think we're at that, we're going to have that happen anywhere in the near future unless you gamble. And some of these memes you could gamble and that very well could happen. I will never advocate it, but I will not criticize anybody who feels that's the right strategy for them. All of this about what makes sense for you. And if nothing else, if nothing else, appreciate and enjoy the fact that at least there's one win. Finally, in cryptocurrency, there's a win that is beneficial for everybody because everybody benefits. Unfortunately, the venture capitals and the big black rocks and everybody else do too, which is the other reason as I close out why I'm stressing to take your profits because you're entitled to them. If you have holdings, now is the opportunity to make sure you recoup money that you've lost or take gains. It's going to go back down. I assure you because there's going to be other people taking profits just like you do and it's going to taper off and go back down. We'll be going to run I don't see a run in the short term. I see that this won't last. And so this is the time to benefit and get the money that you rightfully should get. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of smart, strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency 
to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.